You have the power to keep the conversations going and keep the music playing. Help WDET reach the spring fundraising goal of $305,000, and we won't have to interrupt your programs. Give now at WDET.org. My name is Chris Best, and I am one of the co-founders of the Rust Belt Market in Ferndale. When we started the Rust Belt, we listened to WDET. It was kind of our way of keeping our finger on the pulse of what was going on in Detroit. And so we wanted to reach more people that are like us, and I think that the listeners of WDET uh, really feel strongly about arts, culture, and everything important that's going on in Detroit. Your business can join Team DET. To find out more, contact Lisa Brancato at 313 577 WDET is supported by Live Nation, presenting comedian Louis Black in The Jokes on Us Tour. One performance only, Saturday, April 7th at the Fillmore Detroit. Reserve tickets on sale now through LiveNation.com or the Fillmore box office. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. Several days ago, President Donald Trump told friends that he admired President of China, uh, the President of China, for consolidating power and eliminating his own term limits. Then Trump joked that perhaps America would consider doing the same for his presidency. Yes, it was a joke, but it's a disturbing thing for any American president to say, especially as the world leader of democratic values. But Trump has never shown much interest in democratic values abroad. Indeed, the men he admires most on the world stage are dictators and authoritarian figures. Think of his fascination, for instance, with Vladimir Putin. Trump is also quite fond of the royal family of Saudi Arabia, and he's even given veiled reference for North Korea, for North Korea's uh, Kim Jong Un, should we be worried about a president that has so much respect for undemocratic figures, or should we be confident that the institutions of our democracy are stronger than any individual, no matter his rank? That's where we want to continue the conversation here on Detroit today, and we are keeping Peter Trembor, associate professor of political science at Oakland University, here for this leg of the conversation as well. Peter, welcome back to the show. Thanks. <laughs> but let's talk about this this fascination that the president has with authoritarians. I think I would also throw into the mix here the idea of a military parade, which he floated right. a few weeks ago. That's right. the kind of thing that dictators and authoritarians do all the time. Uh, th- this is not a sort of casual, funny uh, quirk of this of this president, I think, I feel like this is a deeply seated characteristic of his personality and something that does, even though the institutions of our democracy, I think, are, are quite strong and is sort of uh, inoculated against one person's whims, I, I think he poses a different kind of threat than we've seen before. Yeah. So when we think about uh, Donald Trump and foreign policy, and the there are a couple of of consistent ideas, consistent tendencies that he has evidenced going back to the 1980s when he first sort of uh, comes onto the scene and people start talking about him as a potential uh, uh, political figure. Mm -hmm. You know, one of them has been his attitudes about free trade and his belief that our allies screw us over. That's one. And that's one he still has today. 
But another one is this fascination with and admiration for uh, strong men mm-hmm. and shows of force, shows of power. And you saw this, I think it was the famous uh, interview he did with Playboy, where he, he talks approvingly of the Chinese government's crackdown on the, the Tiananmen Square, uh, the massacre of pro-democracy demonstrators. And he, and he talks about that in admiring terms, um, that this showed the, the strength of the government to do such a thing, and that that was an admirable quality. Um, likewise, as, uh, as the Soviet Union was coming to an end, he made one of his earliest trips to Moscow to, to try to uh, you know, line up uh, business ventures there. And he returns from that trip with all kinds of criticism of Mikhail Gorbachev for essentially losing control mm-hmm. and comparing the Soviet leadership unfavorably to that of the, of the Chinese. Um, so this is one of those, those deep points of continuity in terms of how Trump thinks about what it means to be a leader. Uh, and I think we see this reflected in how he has approached uh, high-ranking officials in his, own, in his own government, right? He talks about my generals. Uh-huh. Uh, he reportedly has demanded uh, pledges of, of personal loyalty. Um, he talks about the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, as if he believes that Sessions were his personal lawyer, whose job it is to keep him out of trouble <laughs> right. and to lock up his his political rivals. And so those are all elements of Trump's personality. They're very consistent with what we see in potential authoritarians. Yeah, um, There's a terrific book that came out recently called How Democracies Die. And what it does is it takes a look at sort of the track record of democratic backsliding in, in Central and Eastern Europe and in Latin America over the last roughly 20 years or so. And it identifies characteristics of potential authoritarians. And, and they, all fit, they all fit Donald Trump to a T. The idea that uh, of having a weak commitment or a rejection of democratic values. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you remember back during the campaign, it was unclear whether or not Trump was going to accept uh, the outcome of the election if he lost. He, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Right. right? If you remember right. that. Uh, so that's one. The, the denial of the legitimacy of your political opponents. Well, I think we've seen that sort of across the board, the way he, he denigrates the political opposition in very personal terms and doesn't recognize the extent to which they may have legitimate political differences of opinion. Uh, Toleration or the encouragement of violence, we've seen that with Trump, both as candidate and as as president with his reaction or non-reaction to a variety of events, whether we're talking about Charlottesville or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the, the readiness to basically crack down on civil liberties and to crack down on opponents, including the media. These are all part and parcel. Of of the the characteristics of of leaders who can who can rise to authoritarianism via the democratic process. Right. And one of the things this book points out is that when leaders like this emerge, the parties that they are associated with have a choice to make: Do you join with those uh, in potentially opposition parties that you may have ideological differences with, in order to essentially defend your country and its democracy against this looming threat? Or do you throw in with this leader or potential leader with the idea that you can kind of ride that tide <laughs> to, to accomplish your, ideo- your own ideological goals? If that's the choice a party makes, then that opens the door to what the authors of this book describe as competitive authoritarianism, yeah. where you start to essentially slide down that path through electoral processes of getting to a place like, 
like uh, like Venezuela under Hugo Chavez or Turkey under under Erdogan or Hungary under Orban mm-hmm. or any of the other examples we can look at. Yeah, uh, you know, um, when you think about these these things that he's saying and and doing, you know, I also wonder about the response to them from the people who right. support him. Uh, they they don't seem to see it. They don't seem to see it as a legitimate threat. And there's almost this uh, dismissive uh, dynamic to to, right. to to it that to say, well, he can't do those things. He knows he can't do those things. I know he can't do those things. I know he can't change the nature of the presidency just because see, he's I don't, president. I, see, see, I don't think Trump actually knows that. I think Trump has been very surprised that. That it's that, not that, like that the, uh, that the system King? doesn't that the system doesn't dance to his tune. Hmm. I think he's been frustrated by that, and and this is what makes it particularly discouraging when we look at the way that uh, that he has been enabled, mm-hmm. uh, especially by the Republican Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, that that the Congress, in many ways, has has abrogated its responsibility as a co-equal branch, um, and has essentially you know made this sort of devil's bargain that. Okay, yeah, we see that Trump might be a little bit unstable. We 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 might see that he has these unorthodoxies. We might see that he's whipping whipping up trouble. But let's see what we can get out of him first, right? right, right. We can get we can get a tax cut that we've wanted for for years and years and years. We can try to roll back a health care program we don't like. Uh, we can get very conservative judges on the federal bench and the Supreme Court. We like that. So let's milk him for as much as we can get out, and and hopefully. You know, we can ride on the back of that tiger and not get not get eaten. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think that that's that's the very concerning the very concerning thing. Yeah. The good news is, is that as a as a as a wannabe dictator, Trump's really incompetent. I was gonna say he's pretty bad. He's at not it. really good he's at not it. Right? He's getting a lot of things done. He, exactly. And I think that that's one of the few things we can take comfort in, is that some of these other guys that I mentioned. Uh, were not didn't just have these tendencies. They also had the political acumen and the self discipline mm-hmm. to make them work. And and he's he's inept at that he so does, far. Yeah, he doesn't have that. I, I think the fear is that once he or if he gets key players into place in the administration and establishes a rhythm, right. a relationship with Congress, that he could. Uh, this is true, right? And certainly one of the things you see, the sort of the consistent consistent patterns you see is the systematic taking over of the and the co-opting of, of other what had been previously independent branches, whether we're talking about right. the judicial system, yes. uh, law enforcement, legislatures, all of these things, um, the uh, attacks upon media, but also support for and encouragement of pro-regime media. You know, so for example, Fox News fits nicely into this this dynamic we see in other places. You know, that you do you have the friendly voice that mm-hmm. becomes the favored voice yes. of the regime and everybody else becomes as Trump describes them as enemies of the people. Yeah. Um, so far, it hasn't gone much further than that that dangerous that rhetoric. rhetoric that we're right. used to hearing in places like Turkey, in places like Hungary. Yeah. Um, in Venezuela, we're not used to hearing that from an American leader. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons that Trump pushes back against the norms and values of of American democracy is that he's never really bought or had to buy into them in a very real way. That's right. No one's. Uh, he has no history. He's got. No, he's got no history of public service. He's yeah. got no history of elective office. Uh, he comes to the highest elected position in the land as an 
absolute uh, novice. As in, a naive, every, almost. It, it, yeah. Yes, as, yeah. as a, I would say, naive and malignant yeah. novice. <laughs> That's right, right. Okay, Peter Trumbor, Associate Professor of Political Science at Oakland University. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit well, Today. And you can check out more of what Peter uh, says and does about these things at petertrumbor.com, where he blogs about all of these issues. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, I'm Amanda LeClaire. Listen in today at noon on Culture Shift. We'll let you know what's happening in music, arts, and culture here in Detroit. That's today at noon on 1019 WDET.